Hey guys, how is it going? Hey, um, I want you to like cheer really loud if you have loved the last two days of sunshine and warm. Come on. Guys, we made it. We made it to the part where we're not freezing every single time we walk outside. <laughs> and I'm so happy. I'm so thankful. Hey, guys, it is so good to be with you tonight. Um, if I don't know you, my name is Stacy Post. I'm on staff here with Campus Ministry. And we're super excited. Guys, this is the last CPR of the year. Can you believe that? I know. I know. But we still have two more wells together to, to worship. That's going to be fun. So uh, we're glad you guys are here tonight. I'm really thankful to be here. And I want to tell you something. I think God has something to really encourage you with tonight. So I'm excited to come and share some of that with you guys. So to get started, um, I was thinking a little bit about this this week, about being consumed with things. And people at my house seem to be a little bit consumed with things at times. So I'll give you a couple examples. Um, our son, Jaden, who's six, he is, if you know him, you will laugh, he is consumed with watching something, okay? So he loves to watch cartoons, he loves to watch movies, anything on Netflix in the little kids department he loves, right? So first thing, he wakes up in the morning, he crawls in my bed, mom, can I go downstairs and watch something? Jaden, no, not right now. Like, he gets in the car after school, first thing, mom, can I watch something when I get home? I mean, it's just like all the time, it's the first thing he thinks of. Yesterday, the gorgeous day outside, right? We're outside playing in the driveway, it starts to get a little cloudy, we're playing basketball, all of a sudden, he feels one raindrop, one. <laughs> he puts the basketball down, mom, it's a rainy day, can I go watch something? Like, that's seriously his thing, okay? So that's Jaden's little obsession right now. Eli, on the other hand, Eli is completely consumed with his Uncle Corey, okay? So Uncle Corey is Ben's brother. He looks like Ben, he sounds like Ben, he acts crazy like Ben, all those things. So this means Eli really loves him. It is not uncommon for Eli to walk around our house and maybe 10 times a day talk about Uncle Corey. He has this little, like, flip phone that he plays with, and he'll walk around the house two and a half, walk around, hi, Uncle Corey, you want to come over and play? Like, he, he, calls, he calls Uncle Corey all the time. It's hilarious. And if he's not calling Uncle Corey, he's telling me that Uncle Corey is at Chick-fil-A and he needs to go there to hang out <laughs> with Uncle Corey. <laughs> So it's hilarious. They are consumed by these things. Okay, and we're, Ben and I are probably not alone with the fact that we've been a little bit consumed with basketball for the last several weeks. Anyone else willing to admit that? Okay, just a little bit. Uh, maybe not so much because our brackets are pretty much completely destroyed like everyone else in the room. Um, but we've been a little bit obsessed with that along with some of you guys. At the same time, um, ben and I have also been very consumed by a really difficult situation that we've been walking through with a friend of ours, someone that we are really close to and love really deeply, and it's been a really hard, dark, confusing season for this friend of ours. And for Ben and I, that has felt very consuming. So my question for you tonight is, as you come in tonight to this party, to this celebration, uh, what is it in your life, on your mind, that's consuming you? What is it that's taking all your energy, all your thoughts, the thing that's weighing you down, and in some ways, likely, as it consumes you, stealing your joy? I wonder, like, what stress, what relationship, what loss, uh, what need that you have, what pressure that you feel, um, what unknown part of your future that you're trying to figure out, what question that's unanswered, what part of your life that just feels really confusing? 
What is it as you walk in tonight that consumes you? Now, as is kind of normal at our house, Eli helps us a lot um, when things are pretty crazy and heavy and hard. He's just hilarious. And um, he has this little song that he's learned at preschool lately that's been pretty awesome. And I thought I would let you watch him sing this song because he's going to, I know, he's going um, to tee up the topic for tonight. Okay, so here's Eli. Draw down my heart, tee down my heart, tee 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 and nothing is quite I got draw down my heart, tee down my heart. I just don't like shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm not going to lie. Like, that was pretty awesome. That was the best we could do. There's some parts of the, he actually spells J-O-Y down in my heart. So he goes, you know, it wasn't the whole thing. It was a good, a good attempt. I want to show you an outtake because it's just hilarious. So this is part of our attempt to get this song for you tonight. Just a little glimpse. So if you need a good laugh, come on over to our house. It's a party a lot of the time. Um, but Eli's singing, I've got joy down in my heart. My favorite part is he gets to this place where he's like, Jesus put it there and nothing can destroy. And then he goes, ooh. <laughs> so tonight, I want to talk about joy. How do we find joy in the midst of our crazy, overwhelming circumstances that seem to want to consume us? That's the question that we're going to ask about. Um, a couple weeks ago, as Ben and I were sort of in the middle of this situation, we literally hit a wall. Maybe this has happened to you. We were so exhausted and so tired. We didn't even know how tired we were. And one Wednesday morning a couple weeks ago, we took the boys to school. We went out to breakfast to take a break a minute. And we were about to get in the car to go to work. And we're like, we can't even go to work today. We're so tired. Um, I don't know if you've ever been to that point where you're like, I just can't do what I'm supposed to do today. So literally, we went back to sleep and slept all day. <laughs> I haven't done that in years, if ever. Um, there was like an hour in the afternoon. I dragged myself out of bed to eat lunch, and I decided to pick up a book that I had been reading. Um, it's called A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. It's by Eugene Peterson. It's a book about discipleship, about following Jesus. And the chapter that I happened to read in this book that day was about joy. It was hugely helpful to me, and it has been the last couple weeks, so I thought maybe some of those thoughts would be helpful to you guys um, with whatever you're carrying as you come in here tonight. So to do this, we're going to look at Psalm 126, and it will be up on the board for you, and I would just love to read it for you, and then we're going to unpack a couple things that I think this psalm helps us see about joy. Okay, this is the word of the Lord, Psalm 126. When the Lord brought back the captives to Zion... We were like men who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow in tears will reap with songs of joy. He who goes out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves 
with him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I want to show you something really interesting right in the middle of the Psalms. We're going to throw verse 3 up there, and it says this. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are filled with joy currently, right now. In the present tense, we are filled with joy. Now, how does joy come in the presence of our crazy, confusing, hard circumstances? And in this chapter I read on joy, there was a couple thoughts about where that joy comes from. And that's what I'm going to unpack in the psalm. It's really, really interesting. The first thing is that joy has history. Okay, so we're going to go to the first two verses of the psalm. When the Lord brought back the captives to Zion, we were like men who dreamed. Our mouths were filled with laughter, our tongues with songs of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The psalm starts by looking back at looking back at all the things God had done for them, right? The people of Israel had been attacked by the kingdom of Babylon and sent into exile. They were in a foreign land, distraught and without hope. And then you know what? Years later, God freed them. God brought them back to the land and restored them. And to them, this was miraculous. It seemed completely impossible that this could happen. And God did this mighty work. And so the psalmist starts by saying, Look back at what God did for us. It was more than we could ask or imagine. He restored us. Let's look back. Joy has a history. So I want you to think about your story for a second. How has God moved in your life? If you stop for a minute and look back, how has he saved you? How has he freed you? How has he provided for you? How has he answered your prayer or answered your question? How has he shown you the path when it was completely unclear and you didn't know where you were going? Are there ways in the past in your life, in your story, where God has healed your heart, even though it didn't seem like it would ever be possible? See, I think part of joy comes to us when we look back and remember the mighty acts of God in our life in the past. If we're honest, though, I know some of you sit here, and there are times in my life I feel this way, and you go, okay, well, you can say that, but my life's been really hard. I don't know that I've actually seen God work. I don't know if I can answer that question tonight. That's okay, because here's the thing. God has given us his story, and this story is so full of miraculous mighty, redeeming, saving acts of God on behalf of his people. That's what this book is about, the whole thing. God has given us these stories so we can remember, and I just want to give you a couple examples so we can remember tonight. Stories like this, where he led Abraham on an unknown journey to an unknown place so that all the world could be blessed, and then he even got a child he was promised when he was 100 years old. God freed his people, Israel, from slavery in Egypt after 400 years. And when he freed them, he brought them to the Red Sea and parted it, and they walked through on dry dry ground to flee from Pharaoh's army. He provided manna as bread and water in the desert when the people were were in need. He sent the unmovable walls of Jericho tumbling to the ground, so the army could go in and conquer the city. He answered the prayers of the prophet Elijah as he stood alone on Mount Carmel and faced the prophets of Baal. He destroyed an enormous 
powerful Assyrian army as it was ready to launch attack on the city of Jerusalem and save the city. He saved Daniel, his obedient servant, from death, certain death in the lion's den. He took an unlikely boy, a shepherd boy named David, and made him king and gave him a dynasty in the kingdom of Israel. And he sent the captives home from Babylon. And if you turn the page to the New Testament, God sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross and take over and defeat the powers of sin and death so that you and I could be with him for eternity. Come on, right? <laughs> Joy has a history. When we look back, we remember what God has done. Look at this verse from Romans chapter 15. It says this, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through endurance and the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. The story is here so we can look back and remember and have joy in our present circumstance because we've seen what God has done on behalf of his people on our own behalf before. That's part one. But guess what? Joy has a past. Joy also has a future. So let's look at the end of Psalm 126. Restore our, for our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev, those who sow in tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seed to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with him. If looking back nurtures joy, looking forward does the same thing. Listen to what the psalmist does. He boldly asks God and believes God to do again what he has done before. Right? There will be streams of water in the dry desert because it's happened before. Those who go out weeping will return with joy because we've seen it in the past. Those who sow tears now will reap joy later. We know that because we know God works in this way and we've seen it before. Here's the fascinating thing that Psalm 126 does as it looks back and it looks forward. It reminds us that the ways that we've seen God move in the past and in our lives in the, in the past, we will see again. God does not change the way that he deals with us. Look at this verse from Hebrews. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. So if we look back and we see the things that he has done in our lives or in the lives of others, we know we can stand with anticipation of what he's going to do in the future because he doesn't change. He does not change. This is an example. Why do you think Jaden, at the first drop of rain, said, hey, mom, can I go watch something? It had happened before <laughs> on a rainy day, and he had anticipation that it would happen again because it was a rainy day, Right? Do we move that way? Do we believe that way? Do they stand that way? Do we pray that way? In the midst of our current situation. Joy has a past. Joy also has a future. So what is consuming you right now? As we round the corner on another school year, what is it that's so overwhelming and stealing all of your thoughts and your energy? Maybe it's a broken relationship, something that's been very difficult for you to walk through. Maybe 
It's the unknowns of the future. I see all you seniors in the room wondering what the heck is going to happen, right, in the next few weeks or months of your lives. Some of you guys are sitting here going, I don't know what I'm doing this summer. And I'm pretty stressed out about it. A lot of us sit here tonight thinking, oh my gosh, there are so many things I have to get done in the next, I won't say how many days because that'll freak you out, right? (laughs) Or maybe, maybe like for Ben and I, it's just something you've been walking through in your own life or in the life of someone you love that feels really hard and really long and you're not sure if it's ever going to end. I'm not sure what's consuming you right now. But will you join me? Will you lift your eyes up off of that thing and look around you? Look back at what God has done and the ways he's been faithful and the mighty things he's done. Will you look forward in anticipation of the way he will move and he will act kind of like the sign that's in my kitchen. (laughs) It's been sitting on my windowsill for about a month now. And I'm not going to lie, I bought it because it was black and white and it would match the kitchen. And, you know, the Bible, so that's good, right? Um, And it's just kind of been sitting there. And then I read that chapter in that book, and now every time I see it, which happens to be several times a day, it reminds me, hey, look back, remember where you've been, what you've seen, what God has done. And will you look forward and remember what he's able to do and believe that he will act again, even though you're in the midst of this thing that you cannot see through? Will you do those things and choose joy in the midst of your present circumstance? My hope tonight is that this space and this time would be a moment for us to do that, to lift our eyes and together look back and together look forward and spur each other on and sing to the God who holds it all Because you know what, you guys? The Lord has done great things for us. And if we will fix our eyes on him together tonight, we will be filled with joy. Amen? Amen. Amen. Would you guys pray with me? Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for the ways you've sent it to speak and the ways we've needed to hear from you tonight. So, so God, I'm going to ask you to speak to all of us here. I just want to give us a moment to be still and to listen to you and to look back for a moment on our own lives and the stories we know and love. Will you just speak for a moment, God? Help us listen and hear you gently remind us of what you have done and what you're able to do again.